the game this week, obviously, with Geelong taking on the power. Let's go back to 2007, the grand final that year, and in front of more than 97,000 people, Geelong broke a premiership drought, which was 44 years. And to join us to chat to us all about it was the star recruit of the Mighty Cats, and what a dominant uh, display he had on this day, and that's Brad Ottens. G'day, Otto! Hello, boys. How you going? I right. couldn't be better. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, tell us... Let's go back to 2007, mate. Uh, tell us your memories and the build-up and the experiences of uh, knocking over the power by a record margin. Uh, well, it was... Um, yeah, it was a long time ago now. It was, the years are stacked up, but it, it was... Um, I remember it just being being a huge build-up um, as a club just because of the history, obviously, with the Cats and having lost a lot of grand finals sort of throughout the 90s and, and it had been, you know, it had been such a long time since we'd won a, won a premiership. So, um, you know, as the year went on, we, we obviously won, had a really good um, back sort of two-thirds of the year. I think we won 16 straight at one stage and it was almost like every time we won, the, the expectation grew and built and... Um, and then to the you know to get to the finals, I remember just a huge, just a huge weight of expectation, and for all these sort of long-suffering Cats fans, were just hanging to see, see us win, and and uh, and I just remember a huge, huge amount of relief having after you know once we were able to get across the line, and just, just and to see how much it meant to to so many people was really special. But I remember, yeah, a lot of expectation going into that final series. You know, mate, it was here. It's um, it's nice. When you know during the game that you've got it, it, it it's sort of what moment, and we saw it last year as well, what moment did you sort of give yourself that little sort of moment? Well, I think half-time we were up by a pretty handy margin. It was probably, I think it might have been 50-odd points, roughly, just guessing, but, um, you know, we'd missed a few missed a few goals, a few, few um, easy shots at goal, and... Um, and we were sort of, I think, yeah, we're still still conscious that the game was probably still alive at that stage. But I remember three quarter time, um, we were up by a, a heap. I can't, wouldn't wouldn't be able to recall how much. But I remember Scarlo going around asking what was the record winning margin of the grand final, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and pumping everyone up, saying let's let's beat the let's beat the record. And so I, th- I thought around that around three quarter time, I thought we probably had it in the bag. <laughs> well, you're up by 15 <laughs> goals at three quarter time, so yeah, uh, I think you pretty much had it then. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, yeah we probably had it. Yeah, you know, obviously through the third quarter, I think we just piled them on, and and um, you know you just got the sense it was you know that day was it was just our day, and it was it was gonna not, you know nothing was gonna stop us that day, and um, yeah, it was pretty special to to just be a part of a game like that where you know last year was was probably a bit similar in the way the boys won last year, but you know just to to just be so emphatic in the way that we won and you know, the, the, the year that we'd had it was you know it was pretty fitting to, to finish the, you know to win a, win, a, win the game like that because we, we'd had a pretty dominant dominant year and it was, um, it was a dominant team so we yeah it was pretty special to be a part of that game just just thinking back, and you mentioned it before. What did, did it put you under any pressure? You know, obviously the missed chances that, that the footy club had, as you mentioned during the nineties and uh, all that. That, that was, was, did you did it go into the game, or did you have that weight of expectation on you to you had to do it now? Yeah, oh, definitely, mate. That was one of the overwhelming sort of sort of memories and emotions from that. The build up to it all was just the. Just the pressure and the, you know, just the every week that we 
that we won. We we finished top by I don't know three games or something that year. And I remember as the team, as the season went on, we just kept winning and and people were just pumping us up, and we were all just trying to trying to keep keep a, the expectations in check a little bit. And um, but it was pretty. It was hard to keep it under keep it under a lid on things really because we just kept winning and kept winning by yeah we were winning by good margins by the end of that season and we yeah it was we was our our premiership to lose really we couldn't we couldn't uh, we couldn't you know if we had lost it was it was going to be a a monumental choke really so as I said you know at the top it was everyone was expecting us to win and um, so yeah going into that final series you just had you just couldn't help but feel. The expectations of everyone of, of what we could have, what, what everyone was expecting us to do. So um, yeah, it was it was great to yeah, you know, obviously huge huge relief getting the job done in the end. And when you look back at at that side, you said that uh, yeah, the fair team it was yeah, it's pretty pretty dominant team. Who did you enjoy sort of playing with the most out of that group? I mean, you d- you just didn't have a weakness. Yeah, we were obviously you know there's some generational players in that team. Um, well, little Gaz was probably at his at, the, at his peak of his powers then. That was his, when he was almost at his best, and mm. that was a that was a privilege that I'll you know I'll enjoy telling the, the grandkids about playing alongside him as a little master. Was just he was a, he was amazing to play alongside, and um, Joel Corey was probably one of my favourite teammates. He, was, he and I spent a lot of time playing in the in the centre and. Um, always loved playing with Scarlo. I'd prefer playing with him than against him. I always, I never used to get a kick on him, so I was always happy to be on the same team as him. And, um, Lingy was another one. Matty Stokes was a really good mate of mine, and you know, close friend, and I lived with him at the time. So, yeah, some great, great mates, and um, obviously those experiences create great friendships that last a last a lifetime. So you feel really. Really, really lucky to be a part of all those things. And we and we look at Geelong now, and, we, and we've spoken about it a bit on this show. It's it's nearly like it's a destination club. It's it's a country club sort of feel to it, and uh, people really. Are you still down in Geelong, or did you you've come back? You've obviously done some coaching and some other things, but uh, are you still down that way at all? Yeah, yeah. I married a Geelong girl, so yep. I, yeah, I've sort of created this. Came home for me pretty much as soon as I came down here, and. Um, Magic part of the world, and, um, and yeah, you're right. It's sort of become a place now. You know, around the time that I came down, it wasn't. You know, they, they found it really difficult to get players to come down because mm. Geelong probably wasn't known as a, or wasn't regarded as a, you know, as the most popular place to live, and um, <clears throat> it was hard to get guys out of Melbourne and out of other clubs to come down here. But you know, that's definitely changed with I think with COVID and those sorts of things, and obviously the on-field success of the club over the last sort of ever since that time the club's become a really popular place amongst the competition for players to want to come and be a part of the, the culture that's been created and the, and the ongoing success that, that the club keeps having so yeah it's, it's definitely changed you know the, the attitude of people has changed about the, the club and the, and the town and um, but yeah, I feel really lucky to have, to have come here and, and to have played for the club at the time that I did. It was a really special era and something that yeah, you pinch yourself really to have been a part of. And yeah, well, it was an amazing change as well. I mean, you, you, as you said, you made Geelong cool after that premiership. But, um, <laughs> but in 2006, obviously, you know, with Mark Thompson and all that sort of stuff that happened at the end of that season, I mean, you were at the club. I mean, 
was the backing of him in that pre-season the thing that really needed to happen for the club and the stability to, to go and, and do what you did? Well, I guess in hindsight, it was probably, you know, it was probably pretty instrumental. You know, it was a pretty significant moment in the club's history just because of, you know, I don't, I don't know how close... Um, Bomber came to getting sacked. I, from what I could gather, it was pretty close. You know, I think I think he was. It was touch and go whether he was going to be coaching the club in 2007. Um, so, um, you know, that sort of insight and all that sort of I don't know that that sort of foresight by by probably you know significantly Cookie and but the board and, and those sort of, those people who made that decision. Um, you know, historically it's proven to, to have been hugely successful and Bomber will go down as one of the greatest coaches ever, which he deserves to because he's such a great he was such a great coach and has you know, had so much success. But um, it was a pretty tough year that oh six, you know, we, 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 we were, there was a lot of things on and off the field that weren't great and um, you know, we were we were a pretty average team in oh six and um, and we performed well below um, well below sort of what we were capable of and um, to turn it around in 07 was, was pretty was pretty special. And at the end of that year, you, you welcomed a, a new kid into the group. Um, he retired at the end of the grand final last year. Um, pretty special player. Can you tell us uh, your, your first reactions to seeing Joel Selwood for the first time? Yeah, I, I recall just a... Um, there's a, there a lot of raps on Sel, but Hawk was probably... He and Hawk obviously came to the club at the same time, um, and there was massive raps on Hawk. So it almost—I think Sel probably sort of went under the radar a little bit when he first came into the club. But um, yeah, it was pretty clear to everyone when he, you know, in in a short, really short period of time, um, that how special Joel was as a, you know, as a as a person and as a as a professional and a, you know, as just a, and as a footballer, he just. He hit the. He walked into the club and he had a. He had a, just this amazing presence about him. He wasn't. There was no arrogance about him, but he just had a presence about him that he just. He set. He almost set standards for the rest of us. For guys that played for, for ten and ten and twelve years and played hundreds of games, you know, he just set this standard that he he um, and he he almost, you know, you wouldn't say he was the he was the reason, but he was a he was a pretty significant sort of difference in the change of the culture within the club even from that age as an 18 year old which is you know you see you go you see what he went on to do and it probably doesn't surprise you in hindsight but to see a young kid come in the way he did um just with the presence and the and the 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 discipline and the the professionalism and um and not only that but he was he was prepared to challenge guys you know challenge guys you know, a lot older and senior players than he was, and he, he just because he set the standards so well himself. And um, yeah, he's another one that I'll, I'll cherish having having been able to play alongside because he's he's you know he's gone down as probably he being the best two or three players to play for Geelong. And, um, and that, yeah, it was pretty special to be able to share share a locker room with him and share share a footy field with him as well. Uh, of course, and. One of my favourite players. But, uh, what about what about now, mate? What uh, what are you thinking of football? And and this obviously, with, so a lot goes on with like, even the current coaching with Vossi and a few other bits and pieces. But I think maybe we're over meteorised. But what are you thinking of footy at the moment? 
Yeah, I, I think the overmeat, you, you hit it on the head. I think that's probably, that's if there's something I would change, I'd, I'd, I don't know how you would change it, but um, I feel like there's there's a level of scrutiny on on people and players and coaches that's probably unhealthy and it's not, you know, it's not, I don't think it adds to the spectacle or the, mm. you know, the adds any value to our game, that sort of scrutiny and, spe- and speculation and um, I find it, it's probably a saturation almost as much as anything and it frustrates me a little bit. I try and, I probably try my best to, to sort of avoid as much of that stuff as I can. I still love watching the footy, love watching the cats. I, I love it, you know, I love watching um, new young players come through and, um, you know, I still love my footy but I think, um, I think there is a little bit of a, you know, there is a bit much... Yeah, and a lot of negativity in, in in the media. I guess it's always been the case. It's probably always will be. But um, I find I find that a little bit frustrating. But yeah, I, I enjoy. The, still love watching the footy. I reckon it's the, the game. The game's in a great spot. I, I found it. I think that some of the rule changes in the last couple of years have been been good. There's you know the free flowing and sort of free scoring, which is which is good, and, and it's it's still really entertaining. So yeah, love love still love my footy and love watching. Well, that's good. Well, you, your last game that you played was uh, was uh, the Premiership in 2011 and uh, Scotty's first Premiership as, as Geelong coach. He's now won two. Um, tell us a bit, bit, bit more about him that we don't know and um, how, how, how good was that when he, he took you from what, you know, it looked like it was going to be a disastrous change and everyone was going to leave Geelong and everything to end up winning the Premiership that year? Yeah, it was pretty special that one. I mean, obviously, um, obviously, you know, football football people were probably hoping, you know, had probably seen enough of the cats and were hoping to see someone else come through. And there was a lot of people probably putting a line through us as, a, as an older team. And um, we have for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, <at your> peril. <laughs> keep doing it, and they keep winning. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was one that you know I remember going in because we lost in two thousand and ten to Collingwood, pretty um, pretty yeah you know, pretty significant loss in that prelim, and, and yeah you know, that was there was a lot of age, a lot of us that were, were past thirty, and you know probably similarities to the team that won last year. Um, so yeah, it, and obviously Bomber leaving, and that was that was a pretty pretty. Um, you know, it was a bit of a shock for, for all of us, really. Like that all happened pretty pretty quickly, and and it was a bit of a shock, and it was it was a pretty significant change. But Scotty, to his credit, came in, um, and he basically just he sort of just let let the you know the, the playing group sort of do our thing a little bit. Um, he you know he changed he had his own sort of standards on certain things that he expected, obviously, but um, he was really clever in the way that he was able to. To just sort of let us, he, he just steered the ship probably almost sort of remotely a little bit, and, and was was conscious of the fact that not much needed to change. And, and I, 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 you know, speaking personally, I felt like it it sort of gave me some, a real spark to you know when a new coach comes in, you've got to earn your spot all over again. And um, and I felt I've, I personally felt that that I needed to you know it, it was, and I, I'm, I'm sure that was the case for a lot of other players. Of, you know, older, older guys like myself that that knew that it wasn't just a uh, you know it wasn't just a walk up start. You, you had to earn your earn your spot in the team again, and um, and I think that gave us a gave us a little bit of the motivation and spark that we needed to to perform the way that we did that year. And 
you know, we had a great year. We we finished finished the year. I, I think we were one or two or something, and um, still weren't probably expected to win that premiership. But Collingwood had won the pre- year before, and um, but now we to, to win the way that we did against Collingwood, and mm-hmm. you know, always great to beat Collingwood at any <laughs> any stage. But in the grand final, it's pretty special, and. Yeah, I feel, feel lucky to have finished, finished my career in a winning, winning grand final too. So, yeah, it was a, it was a special year, that one. Oh, it would have been definitely fun. And uh, tell us your, your, your premiership story from last year, mate. Uh, did you go to the game uh, at all or did you watch at home or how did we celebrate the Cats uh, flag? Yeah, I did. I managed to get a ticket from a, a little fella as a mad, mad Cats fan and... Um, I promised him that if we won the made the granny, I'd take him along. And, and as it turned out, I, I didn't expect when I made the promise that I was going to have to come through with it. And actually, <laughs> I made it. So I had to, had to um, ask her a few favours to, to get him a ticket. And um, yeah, we sat and watched uh, watched Robbie Williams and and uh, and just enjoyed enjoyed a magic day at the at the G. And um, yeah, that's something that I'll, I'll cherish. You know, for for different reasons, it's another generation coming through for me with my little little boy just enjoying watching the cats win a flag and um that was that was really special in its own way to to enjoy it with him and um yeah so that was a bit of a different experience with with the cats winning a premiership but it was um yeah it's just as probably just as special as a lot as all the others really just to be able to share it with him so um yeah that was great mate they obviously as i said you know no one expected the cats to do what they did last year but they just keep doing it because they've got you know some special people there and great to see Joel finish the way that he did and um, look forward to hopefully they get a run on this year and and, uh, and, and get another one with any luck well maybe well maybe you're never too old that's the thing how's um, just on you mate how's the how's the body we get a lot of ex-players come on the show and some of them can walk some of them can't how's the body holding up yeah, no, nah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty right. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I guess you have a few sore spots here and there. I play a bit of social basketball on a Tuesday, Tuesday night, and and I hobble around for a few days after that. But um, no, nah, I'm generally, you know, I've, I feel pretty lucky to to sort of have, you know, to have got away with with some, you know, some minor things. But I don't, yeah, there's nothing that chronically that sort of. That sort of affects my life too much these days, so I um I feel lucky for that. As you said, there's some some guys who, who do struggle pretty badly, you know, with with ongoing in- injuries. But um yeah, I, I don't feel like I've come out of it all all that bad. Oh, well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Right? And uh, just on the cats for this year, obviously a huge game tomorrow night uh, against the Power. Um, the season so far from your from your Geelong boys. Yeah, well, it's sort of just been it's been sort of spluttering along so far. Obviously, injuries have been pretty significant. Injuries have hurt us at different times, but um, I don't know. I feel like we're in a pretty good we're in a not a bad spot having having considered all the injuries and you know the, the bad start that we've had. I think if this next couple of weeks is obviously pretty pivotal, but we we've always always sort of matched up pretty well with with. Port and play always got a pretty good record over there, and and, so, and likewise with Melbourne down at home. So if we can if we can sneak a couple of wins over the next couple of weeks, I reckon there might be some teams who are a little bit nervous playing against us sort of from here on in. And if we can get a little bit of a run on and get a few players back, I think we're we're in a pretty good position to to sort of you know to challenge somewhere along the way. Obviously, top four is going to be tough, but um, yeah, I think I think the Cats are in not a bad spot. You know, obviously. Got to keep getting, keep winning, but 
Yeah, I don't mind where we're sitting just at the moment, and um, there'll yeah. be a few nervous teams come the end of the year if we can string a few together <laughs> from now, between yeah. now and September. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at it thinking, goodness me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get them all back, and yeah, no, Geelong will be in a great spot. Hey, oh no, we might have to leave it there, buddy, but um, really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Um, no, good luck uh, with everything, mate, and hopefully we can stay in touch and get you on again soon. Yeah, of course, boys. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brad. Oh, superstar. Triple Geelong Premiership player, Brad Otten's there.